Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues in his Connect 40 series with a message entitled Faith to Overcome. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. So we're continuing our 40-day spiritual journey. The goal is to strengthen and build our faith. The faith that we have, we want to strengthen and build that. And the purpose, the, the end result is we want to see God's miraculous power released in our lives in a new and fresh way. So now, we need faith for two things. Letter A, we need faith to lay hold of all of God's promises. So God's promises are in the Word, but they're not automatic in our lives. We need faith to appropriate those. We need faith to bring those into reality in our lives. And we need faith to overcome life challenges. A lot of times people get saved and they think everything's just supposed to be rosy, but it's just not. Folks, we go through the exact same things that the world goes through. The only difference is we have a God to go through those with us. And God has given us a secret weapon called faith that causes us to overcome life's challenges every single time, okay? I've learned that, that God uses challenges to strengthen our faith. He doesn't put them on us, but he uses them to strengthen our faith. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Again, it's not in your notes, but I want you to follow along. Faith to overcome life's challenges. All of us are either going through something or just came out of something. Raise your hand if that's true. Look around the room so you can see you're not by yourself. We're all either in something right now or just came out of something, right? And if you understand life, if you're in a season where it seems like it's quiet, you're probably heading towards something. And what you just overcame was the foundation to strengthen you for what you're getting ready to face. Okay, watch this now. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. New King James Version says, for whatever is born of God. So this is people that have been born again. Is there anyone in the room today that you are a born again believer? Raise your hand. You are a born again believer. Look around the room. A lot of people in here are already born again. Notice what it says. So whatever is born of God overcomes. Now the word overcomes means to subdue, to conquer, or to prevail. So notice, whatever, just because I'm born of God doesn't mean I don't have things to overcome. Matter of fact, it's telling you that whoever is born of God will have things to overcome. And primarily, it's going to show you what, as believers, we have to overcome. So whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, when we think of world, we think of where we live, the world that we live in. But world here is a Greek word, cosmos. And he's talking about an orderly arrangement of things, or another way to say it is this world system. So what we have to overcome is the way that the world does stuff because it's completely opposed to the way God does stuff, right? And so in the world, people live together, then they get married. In the kingdom, we don't sleep together before we get married. Okay, no. Wow. We are in church, right? Everybody's born again believe. That's the way, at least that's the way it's supposed to be, right? In, in the world, right, they tell you that, you know, borrow this, use your credit, build your credit score up, because the two greatest investments you'll ever purchase in life are a car and a home. The kingdom will tell you that neither a car or a home is an investment. And the kingdom will tell you, they tell you to borrow to get those things. The kingdom will tell you to owe no man nothing but the love. In the world, they'll teach you if somebody slap you, slap them back. In the kingdom, it'll say pray for them. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Now, I have to admit, that's an area I'm still growing in. Anybody else in here willing to admit that one? I can't promise you that if you slap me, you won't get slapped back instantly. Because it's a reaction, right? It's, it's, it's a reaction. It's like, bam. Oh, 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 Father, in the name of Jesus. So we'll probably circle back around and get to where we're supposed to be. But the point I'm making is that the world is really opposed to the kingdom. And everything is the complete opposite. And so what he's saying is he gives you faith to overcome that system. 
So even though we're in the world, we're not of the world. And so we're supposed to be in this world showing them God's way of doing things instead of us trying to mold and be like the world and do everything that they do, right? And so one way, you always ask yourself, why am I doing this? Who did I see doing it? And do I want to do it because I saw the world doing it, or is this a kingdom principle? Everybody clear? And I don't want to get into examples of that because it's not necessary. But I think you all know where I'm going with that. I want anybody to feel condemned or anything. You have to always ask yourself, did I do that because everybody else is doing it? Or did I find that in the Word of God? Let's keep traveling. Now, so even the world. So he gives us faith to overcome anyone that's born of the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. You see that? So what is the victory that overcomes the world? Our faith. So if we're going to overcome this orderly arrangement in this world system, then God gave us something called faith to do it. So if he gave us faith to overcome it, I think it's important for us to understand what what, what is faith and what is it for, okay? So let's keep traveling. Now, we need faith to walk in God's peace and joy, uh, letter A there, right? So God, at our born-again experience, he downloads peace and joy into us. So we have that when we are born again. But now it has to be developed. How many know it has to be developed now? Right? And typically, circumstances will demonstrate to us how developed we are, right? If a circumstance, circumstance comes and takes our peace, how many know we need to develop it more? And that's all that circumstance came for was to reveal to us we need to grow in this area of our life. Somebody takes your joy. How I many know oh, it's really wasn't the other person? That's not the issue. God is trying to develop you more in this area of your life. See, it really took Fred Price to help me understand that. When I went through what I consider to be the worst moment in my life, he told me something that, you know, it it really takes a gospel gangster to say something like it. It takes somebody that don't care. He, He told me that I don't think anyone did anything to you. I think God is trying to develop and grow you in certain areas of your life. How many of you in that moment you don't even want to hear something like that? Right? And then he's proven to me. He says, was the, was the building there when you got there? Yes. Were there people there when you got there? Yes. Was it? Oh, oh. So you haven't done anything. Because I, I can hear myself. We've done this. We've done that. We've done. He's saying, no, all of that was there when you got there. So you haven't done anything. So you say, well, then why wouldn't God give us this first? Because there's a lot of development that needs to happen in that mobile environment. A lot of lessons to learn. Come on, somebody. A lot of proving and setting up, breaking down. See, are you willing to get your hands dirty? Are you willing to work for it? Do you think you're too good to load a truck and unload a truck? Do you think you're better than what you actually are? So, so, so God will take you all the way back to the beginning to develop you to get to this, right? And then this was the development that you needed to get to that. And wait till you see that. You missed a good place to shout right there. I said, that was the development to get to this. But this is the development to get to that. You don't just go from that to that. Let's look at some fundamentals of faith, okay? You need faith also, again, in there, provision, protection, healing, and deliverance, right? All of that stuff has been made available to us by God's grace, right? But it's not automatic. We must use our faith to attach itself to his provision, his protection, his healing, and deliverance in order to manifest that in our lives. It's already here, but it's not automatic, right? We have to attach our faith to it to manifest it in our lives. Let's look at these five fundamentals of faith. Now, let's establish that number one, faith is always for something. He didn't just give us faith just to be given us faith. Faith is always for something. Now, let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. And the context here is speaking about our heavenly inheritance. That's the full context. But how many know we have some inheritance right here on earth? 
right? And so everything is not when we get to heaven. How I many know there's some things God want us to hear inherit right here on earth? No doubt about it, right? So let's read verse 5. Uh, verse 5 says, who are kept by the power of God through faith. Now, that's really something to understand there. We're kept by the power of God through faith. I like to say it this way. If God can't keep you, you can't be kept. So single people, married people, stop all that trying to figure out what they're doing. I would almost say to you, if you got to go through all of that, that's too much work. Because at the end of the day, if God can't keep them, they can't be kept. That was for somebody in here. So, somebody. So, so I'm not looking at my wife's phone. I'm not going in her car looking in the glove compartment. I'm not tracking her to see all her movements. Come on, somebody. I'm not sneaking up on her, showing up somewhere where she at. Hey, hey. No, I'm not doing none of that. Because as long as I live right, if she's doing something wrong, God's going to show that to me. I don't have to be a private investigator. I just need to live right. That was for somebody in here today. Because you've been wasting a lot of time and energy chasing and spinning your wheels who are kept by the power of God through faith. So, so notice the power has, God has the power and ability to keep you, but you must attach your faith to that in order to be kept. Right? So if I want to be kept in my single life, then I got to find out everything the Word says about that and God will release enough power for me to be kept in that area. If I want to be kept in my married life, I got to find out everything God's word says about how I'm supposed to be in this marriage. He'll release enough power to keep me in that area of my life. Do you all see that? And whatever it is, if I study it and I get the raw material and process it in my spirit, say it out of my mouth, he'll release the power for that to be true in my life. Everybody clear on that? All right, let's keep traveling. So now, who are kept by the power of God through faith, notice, for salvation. So we need faith for salvation, ready to be re revealed in the last time. So notice the words, faith for salvation. The word salvation there is soteria. So there's so much in our salvation package, right? Safety, rescue, deliverance, health, wholeness, saving, right? And so notice we have to have faith for salvation. So all of that is a part of prosperity, wholeness, wellness. All of that's a part of the salvation package but how I many know we have to use our faith to appropriate that in my life, our lives, right? And it's not all God and it's not all us. There's the Godward side of everything. There's the manward side of everything. I cannot say I'm believing God for divine health, right, and I just eat any kind of way I want to eat. I'm not believing God for divine health, right, if I'm just going to eat everything that the doctor told me I shouldn't have. But, Pastor, that's bondage. I don't want... Well, no, sickness and disease is bondage. Eating right is freedom. A healthy body is freedom. Not being on 200 meds is freedom. Come on, somebody. Not walking with a walker is freedom. Come on, somebody. Being able to run and jump and play and bend, that's freedom. That's not bondage. But the world will tell you, right, no, we all going to die of something. Yeah, but I don't have to die at 50. Right? And I don't have to be in a wheelchair at 75. So it's not all God. We have to cooperate. We need to eat right. We need to exercise. We need to keep stress out of our lives. We need to get the proper amount of sleep. We need vitamin D, right? Natural sunlight. We need a lot of different things. We need to eat smaller portions. That was a word of the Lord for somebody in here right now. We need to eat smaller portions, right, to, in order to cooperate with God to walk in divine health. All right? Now, let's keep traveling. So, who are kept by the power of God through faith, notice, for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. So, faith is always for something. Faith has been designed to produce something. First Peter 1, 9, I'm going to read that out of the NIV. 
uh, the NIV says, for you are receiving the end of your faith, right? The salvation of your soul. So notice on earth in that soteria package, there's healing, health, wholeness, prosperity, everything that we need. But then the end of our salvation is the, or the end of our faith is the salvation of our souls. So we have to live faith as a lifestyle in order to get the ultimate inheritance, which is eternal life at the end of this thing. Everybody see that, right? So faith always has an end result. So you never, ever stop living by faith. So you really want to be the per- be a person that whether I live or I die, I do it all in faith, right? You want to live in and walk in faith to, the, to your last breath. I mean, faith is a lifestyle that we live until we receive the ultimate outcome or end, which is the salvation of our souls. The NASB reads it this way obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So notice the NIV says the end result, and then the NASB says the outcome. So faith should always have an end result, and faith should always have an outcome, right? I should never live my life this way. I'm believing God to get married, and I quit on that. I didn't get a chance to share this verse in the first service, right? I'm going to share. I'll make sure I get to it in this service because this is the second service. I want to make sure that you understand that. See, life will throw a whole lot of different things at you to make you say, well, maybe I missed that. And real Bible faith never, ever gives up until it reaches its end result. Right? If debt-free is being the goal, if that's the end result... A lifestyle of faith will never stop working towards that end. Right? If my goal is to never cheat on my wife, then by faith as a lifestyle, I never stop working to that end. Every day I get up and do something, put something in me that speaks to that end result. Everybody clear? So faith, say it with me. Faith Faith always has has a end result. And an outcome. Okay, let's keep reading. Remember that because I'm going to show you a verse. It's really going to give you a jolt to help you realize, man, I should have never given up on that. And sometimes, folks, when it's the worst and tightest in your life, you're so close. And that's why the enemy is throwing everything but the kitchen sink at you because you're right there. And he's trying to get you to quit right before you cross that finish line. I found out that the greatest pressure was on me right before I manifested something I was really believing God for, right? Even when it comes to this building, man, my faith is high, boom, 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 and we get this call, no, we will not work with you. You remember that? Devastating. Oh, devastating. All I could do was come over here and just pray and cry. Anybody ever been there before? cry and pray. Anybody ever been there? Pray and cry. Am I the only one that's ever been there? Lord, there's thousands of people that think we're getting ready to, and we don't have this towards that. All I tell you, we're here. So, so at some point, that manifested. But, but, but all Satan was doing was throwing all of these distractions just to make me say, forget it. Let's just sell the bill. Anybody feel like you just had a real tight place right now? I prophesy to you, you're right on the cusp. That's for you. You're right on the cusp. Somebody praise me into my next point. Whoever that was for, just praise me into my next point. I'm telling you, you're right there. You are right you are right. That's why, that's, why, that's why all hell is breaking loose. You're right there, glory to God. Now, I won't read all of these verses. They're for you to go home and do homework. So there's faith for salvation. There's faith for divine healing, supporting scriptures. Faith for divine provision. Faith for divine protection. Faith to command storms to be still. So you all don't realize we actually have authority over nature. 
I remember one time we were youth camp and we were taking the kids swimming and a big dark cloud came over and rain started coming down. And, and the kids started yelling, pray and ask God to stop it. Now, now, can I just tell you all the truth? I was like, man, I ain't getting ready to go out here and make a fool out of myself. It's raining. Everybody can see the rain out there, how dark the clouds are. And the kids were like, you remember that? The kids were like, Pastor, pray and ask God to stop the rain. We want to go swimming. True story. So, so now I'm on the line, right? See, if you really realize it, you're not on the line. It's actually God that's on the line. So I go step out of the, the bus, look up in the sky, speak to the clouds, tell the clouds to, to dissipate, sun come through, rain stop so that these kids can get out here and swim and have a good time. I, man, as God is my witness, I, listen, it's like almost when I finished the last word, all the clouds started going like that. The sun just came through. Kids jumped off the bus and, and went swimming. And can I just be a human being for a moment? I was just as shocked as the kids were. Come on, how I many you know we all growing at different stages, different levels, right? I'm like 26 years old, 27. I was like, oh, this stuff really works, right? Come on, anybody ever been there before where you don't know if you even believed it and, and God, God did it to help strengthen that belief, right? And so we have authority over all those areas of our lives. Let's look at uh, letter B here. So that we're really in the Bible, uh, there are two distinct types or aspects of faith. We're going to look at A and B. A is our personal faith, and that's primarily the one that we're talking about in this 40 Days of Faith campaign, our personal faith. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, the, the careers, the graciousness and kindness favor of God given to me. I say this to everyone who is among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. So if you understand what he's saying to you is that everything that you have and everything that you are is because of God's grace. I hope you understand that. Everything that you have and everything that you are is because of God's grace on your life. God put you in the position to do that. God gave you the favor with the right people. Everything that you are and everything that you have is because of God's grace on your life. Why don't somebody just thank God for his grace on your life right now? Come on, thank God for his grace on your life. Thank you for your grace on my life. He says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think soberly. Watch this. As God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. A measure of faith. I'm going to come back to that. King James Version says the measure of faith. All right, let's keep going. And then there's the gift of faith. The gift of faith is in Romans 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. So our personal faith is something that we receive as salvation. God gives to each one of us the measure or a measure of faith. And it's the same proportion for every person. I'll show you that in a moment. But then there's the gift of faith. This is a special faith. It's a gift. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 9 here says that to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. There are 12 gifts of the spirit. And faith is one of those gifts. So this is not the faith that we have when we're born again. I mean, sometimes God will put special faith on someone, right, to subdue cities, to win nations, to build. He'll put something on someone for a larger group or a larger audience of people. I've also seen him like this person's faith. You'll see this with Jesus. This person's faith is not developed enough to use their faith to get healed. So God will use someone with that gift that is on them, and he'll use them to pray for them, and God will heal them, not because of that person's faith, but because of this person's faith. That's called the gift of faith, right? And I can use that in several different areas. There's a member here. She showed me her personalized license plate, and I think it says here, faith works or something like that. F8. She wanted to see if I could figure it out. She came up to me after prayer yesterday. Pastor, look at my new plate. And what do you think it says? I said, faith works. Uh, she said, you're the first one to get that right, Pastor. But, but she used her faith to believe God, and I clarified it because I didn't know if it was a 21 or a 22. But she used her faith to believe God for a uh, 2022 Lexus truck free. 
Some of y'all missed a good place to rejoice right there because you're making payments. So if you're making payments, you missed a good place to rejoice right there. I said, if you're making payments, you missed a good place to, to rejoice right there. So she believed God, but she's also a giver. She is always sowing. I mean, man, we got all, man, this woman is always sowing, right? And so when I tell you this car is beautiful, it's beautiful. It's probably a $60,000, $80,000 truck that somebody gave her. Yeah. yeah, somebody, another member here gave it to her. That's where God's trying to get you to, where you stop making payments, but you start giving away cars. Because I got news for you. If you can give away one, you probably got a couple of cars. Or you have the resources to go buy you another one. Because how many of you know I'm not giving away one that's paid for and then getting ready to go make payments again? Something about that just don't sound right, though. So that means I have the resources to give one away and then go buy another one. Anybody want to get in that line? Come on, I say anybody want to get in that line? Faith can bring you to that place, okay? Faith can bring you to that place. Let's keep traveling. So now, then there's the gift of faith. Now, so for the purpose of our study, uh, 40 Days of Faith campaign, we're mainly focusing on type A, which is our personal faith, how to develop it and function it at a high capacity, okay? Let's look at number two. Who has faith? Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. So Paul says here, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Now, watch this. As God has dealt to each one of us, New King James Version says a measure of faith. King James Version says the measure of faith. Here's the focus. I just want to make sure everybody understands. We all get the same measure. All right? And so this word measure here is the Greek word metron, M-E-T-R-O-N, and it means limited portion or degree. And so God is not giving one more and, and another less. How I many know when we are all born again, God gives all of us a measure or the measure of faith? And that measure is enough, and I want to encourage someone's faith. If you're in this room today and you're not saved or you got away from God, at salvation, that's when that's deposited into you. And at, on that day, he gives you enough to deal with whatever it is that you're going through. And as you continue to come, grow, and develop, that measure will help you overcome what you're currently dealing with right now. All of that happens at salvation. Anybody here already experienced that? I say any saved people in here already experienced that. I really want to encourage someone's faith today. So now let's keep going. All right. So God has dealt to everyone. So let's look at A, B, and C up underneath that just to further elaborate. Every believer starts out with the same measure of faith. All right. Letter B, there's no superior measure, no inferior measure of faith. Letter C, God has given all of us the right measure of genuine Bible faith when we are born again. Now, let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 1 and 2. And this is something that you all could pray for me every day. I would welcome this. Paul says here, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified. King James uh, Version says may have its free course, which means it is unchecked and unhindered. You can always pray that any time I get up to minister, the word goes forth unchecked and unhindered, okay, as it is with you. Verse, verse 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. So, so notice there are unreasonable and wicked people out here in the earth. So he's asking them to pray for them that God would deliver them from them. And then it says here, for not all have faith. So now we can clearly see not everyone has faith, not the kind of faith we're talking about. Right? So, so he described it as unreasonable. How do we know the ones who don't have faith? Because they're unreasonable and wicked. All right? And so now, single people, let me help you understand something. Don't always listen to peop what people say. Watch what they do. That'll save you a whole lot of wasted time and energy. Because people will tell you what they think you want to hear. I love God. I was raised in church. My family took me to church all the time. But then watch what they do. What's up for tonight? 
You thinking or you drinking tonight? What we doing? Where we going? You want to come over to my spot? It's okay to stay tonight. See, just keep working you in the wrong direction. That light, am I still in church? Somebody say amen or something. That's how you kind of let me know you heard what I said. Say, say amen, somebody. All right, so, so learn that, right? Even when your choice of friends is not always opposite sex. Even with your choice of friends. Everybody that goes to church doesn't live saved. And you watch their behavior. Is it unreasonable? Is it wicked? Right? For all don't have faith. So what are we talking about here? So let's look at some letters, A, B, C, and D. Not everyone has faith is what we learned from that verse, letter B. Every human being has a natural human faith, but only born again believers have real Bible faith. And believe it or not, a natural human being in a lot of cases does really good with the human faith that they have. They can exceed, do extremely well, but a lot of times what you'll see follow that when God is not in it, you'll see unreasonable and wicked behavior. So they'll use that power of success to, to use people, manipulate people, right? And then eventually all of it ends up blowing up because the reality is, right, sometimes your faith and your just hard work and smarts and intelligence can take you somewhere, but your character won't keep you there. Eventually, without God, how many of know true character will be revealed? All right? So let's keep going. So, so natural people have natural faith. Of course, if lost people have the gospel preached to them, they receive faith for salvation, just like what's happening right now. People can be in here that are not saved, and while I'm up ministering, God is depositing in them faith to respond to that. You all see that? People that are watching online, it happens every single week. And then uh, letter D, to reiterate, only born-again believers receive the measure of faith that we're uh, describing. So now, letter uh, number three, it is our responsibility to develop and grow our measure of faith. So it's our responsibility, not God's, to develop and grow our measure of faith. Let's read 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 out of the Passion Translation. And listen very carefully. We feel a personal responsibility to continually be thanking God for you, our spiritual family, because every time we pray and when we have every reason to do so because your faith is growing marvelously beyond measure. Now, notice what Paul observed here, that he was praying for them because he could see that their faith was growing marvelously beyond measure. So, notice Paul knew that they received a measure when they got saved, but now he can see that that measure that, that they received is growing marvelously. Can you all see that? And one of the ways here, one of the strongest indicators of a person's faith growing is what he says next, the unselfish love of you uh, that you share for one another. Notice he said, is increasing and overflowing. So one of the ways to know that your, your faith is growing is because your love walk is growing. Isn't that good? Right? And later on, when you understand the full context, you'll learn that faith actually works by love. So you cannot say you're walking in faith and hate somebody. You can't say you're walking in faith and you don't speak to people. You can't say I'm in faith and telling people you get on my nerves, stay out of my life, you're canceled, we're done, you're through. Lose my number. But God, no, you got to go back and fix that up. You got to go back and fix that up. Everybody still with me out there? So what are those, what's one of the ways you can clearly see somebody is growing in their faith? They're also growing in their love. You'll see that those two work together. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? See, I, I, I'm married, but we don't speak. But I'm in faith. That ain't working. I mean, I got to go back and get that together. Then come back and work on my faith. I'm married, but we sleep in two different parts of the house. Uh, I don't want to believe God for that right now. Let me go work on my marriage. 
get us back in the same bed so we can join our faith, get in agreement. Come on, somebody. And now believe God together for what we're believing God for. You all see how this works. All right, so let's look at it another way. So just like a physical muscle, so, so one of the greatest ways to demonstrate unselfish love, I want to say this as well, is through our connect groups. How many of y'all are involved in connect groups? Raise your hand. Oh, wow, I'm preaching to the choir today. Look at that, right? But if you're not, you don't want to do life alone. You want to do life with other people. And one of the greatest ways to develop your love walk is to be around other people because they're going to rub you the wrong way. They're going to say something you don't like. They will do something that you don't agree with. And you get a moment right there to see if you can keep your mouth. And how many know when you keep it, you're grown? Now your faith is growing right along with that. Connect groups, great environment. I was in three of them this week. Monday night with my family. Wednesday night. Man, I love Wednesday nights because it's over 100 guys in here. And it's just, man, listen, it's something about when we get together, and it's not too late. So if you haven't signed up, you can still come on Wednesday nights. It's something about when we get together. We do stuff for each other that we can't get from anywhere else. Real safe environment where we can talk about stuff that's real, that's happening to us. All of us are going through the exact same thing. And it's very comforting for me to see that, okay, I'm not out here by myself. They're going through and dealing with the same stuff that I'm going through and dealing with. And we all help each other through that process, okay? So just like a physical muscle is able to be developed to grow, to lift bigger weights, so our faith is able to grow and handle bigger projects, assignments, and greater challenges. So let's use that analogy, right? So God gave all of us muscles when we were born, right? But how many know all of our muscles aren't developed the same? Right? And so the only difference there is all of us have the ability to have strong muscles, but all of us don't put the work in necessary to have them, right? And so Minister Johnny played football at Memphis uh, University, University of Miss Memphis, linebacker, right? So he is strong. Now, what I'm saying is I, I think he has 20 push-up faith. That's about as far as I think he can go. But he might believe he has 40 push-up faith. But I mean, the only way we know, we'll know, is to put him on the ground. Come on up here, Minister Johnny. Come on up here, Minister Johnny. Come on, Minister Johnny. Oh, yeah, unbutton your shirt. Get loose. Yeah, get loose. All right, now on my count, you want to do it facing the people? And we want to encourage him and cheer him on. Now, now, now. Now, I personally believe his faith is developed at a 20 push-up faith level. That's where I think he's at. But let's see. I think he has 20 push-up faith. Set, go. One, two. Slow down. Slow down. Minister John, stop, stop, stop. He's trying to get them all out because, see, he know where I'm going with this. 20, 20. Stay right there. 20, 20. Stand up. 20, 20. See, he was in the first service. Come on, let's give Minister Johnny a big round of applause. Come on, let's encourage him. Uh, where you going? Where you going? Where you going? Where you going? You see that? You see that? He's trying to get all that out because he know where I'm going with this. So what Minister Johnny proved is that his faith is developed at a 20 push-up faith level. 20 plus. But I'm saying, I only asked for 20, so that's on him. The plus is on him. I only asked for 20. But, but he has the potential to develop to 40 push-up faith. Let's see where he's at. His muscle has the ability through work and development to develop to 40 push-up faith. How you feel? You sweating, man. You okay up there? I'm going to give you my time. All right. Let's go. Let's go. 40. Let's see if he developed at this 40 level. 
Yes, go a little slow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifty, sixty, seven, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, one, two, three, four, and five, and six, and seven, and eight, and nine. 29 so when he got to 29, even though it got tough, he didn't quit. Now, I'm going to show you something about character here. So he pumped out from 29 two more and got to 31. Then he stood up for a minute and he looked at me and he said, just give me a break because I got nine more in me. See, and if you don't have that about you, come on, even if the devil slow you down, Come on, you got to get back on your feet and say, hold on one second, devil. I still got about nine more left in me. Come on, I still got nine bullets left in the tank. You got to have that about you. So right now, I'm going to give him credit for 31 developed faith push-ups. Let's give Minister Johnny a big round of applause. Appreciate you, boy. Appreciate you. Come on, give Minister Johnny a big round of applause. Now, for all of you young bucks out there, Minister Johnny is 60, 62 years old for all you young bucks out there. He just pushed that out at 62. And still you see the fight in him. You see the want to. You see the willpower. Come on, somebody. You see all of that. 29. Ah. 30, 31. Hold on, wait a minute. Just give me a second. I got nine more in me. I like that. Come on, somebody. I like that. Right? So, so, so what am I in that natural illustration trying to show you? All of us have received muscles, but all of our muscles aren't developed at the same level. All of us have received faith, but our faith is not developed at the same level. We all have the same opportunity to work it, develop it, put the work in. Come on, somebody. But that's the difference between one person and another person. That's one. That's the difference between somebody can believe God for $10 million, somebody can't believe God for $10. The only difference there is the, the development of their faith. So God doesn't give you more. You have to develop what you have. And I'll prove that to you. So number four, what is faith? All right, so this is what I would call the Bible definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that we don't see. Faith there is pistis, right? Moral credence, truth. So we can really say the word is truth, right? So really the word of God is the substance of things hoped for. The word of God is the evidence of the things we don't see. Do you all see that? So the substance and the evidence that we need for what we're hoping for is found in the word of God. Everybody clear on that? All right. And so faith is the substance. It's the essence, right? Let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so greater cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, watch this, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So he said two things here, weights and snares. See, weights are just things that hinder us. Not sin, but we don't necessarily need it in our lives. Social media can be healthy, but if I'm on it for five hours a day, it's become unhealthy. I need to cut that back. Right? And so now it's not sin, 
But I even know it's a real weight in my life because that's time I could have spent reading a book, studying the Word of God, growing in my faith, proving the other areas of my life, right? So I can't sit around and talk, complain about something. I'm spending all this time in entertainment. Remember what entertainment means. The word entertain means to not think. And so the devil knows as long as he can keep you entertained, you won't grow. And that's why these things are so popular. They keep you stuck in life. You're having a lot of fun, but you're not growing. Can I get a real good amen? I know the, the parents should really thank, the, thank God for that one right there. Can I get a better amen in that in here? All right, so, so, so everybody's still with me out here, right? So, so weights, just things, you know, a lot of stuff that just we don't, it's in our lives, but we don't need it. You know, do I really need to hang out with these people? Do I really need them in my life? Do, not a sin, but, but are they helping me? Are they helping me grow? What do I do when I get around them? Am I more godly or less godly? Right? These are all things we need to process because it might not be sin. It just might be a weight in my life. But he didn't stop there. I mean, you know, there's really for all of us a sin that just gets us easily. Right? And if we don't keep that thing under check, it'll ensnare us. Right? So he says here. Two things. He says, therefore, since we are uh, surrounded by a greater cloud of witnesses, Dave, Paul, Peter, all of them are watching us right now. Our parents, grandparents, those that have gone on before. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And then let us run with endurance, patience, a joyful patience, right? The ability to stay under but still don't lose our joy. The race that is set before us. So notice everyone has their own race. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So while we're running, we need to stay focused on Jesus. Because he starts it and he finishes. Who for the joy, and it uses this as an example. I didn't get to this in the first service. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So notice this is how faith works. God's going to give you an end result, but you'll have a cross to bear to get to. And if you don't know how to keep your eye on the end result, then the cross, the weight of your cross will crush you. So who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now, again, I'm still teaching faith, despising the shame. People are going to talk about you, tell you you're stupid for believing for that, all kind of stuff. Right, that you will hear. You'd be surprised the stuff that people said to me just about this. That's why I don't really talk to people anymore. I learned from that first time, keep it all to myself. Because they will discourage you and tell you all kind of stupid stuff. But I got news for you. They might not believe in you, but God did. Come on, somebody. They might have talked about you. Come on, somebody. They might have said you couldn't, but God did. You don't understand that. There will be some shame that people will try to put on you because you're believing God for something. I remember when I said I wasn't going to sleep with nobody until I, I got married. I'm 22 years old, and I, and I said that. And I, I live in Detroit. And everybody around, are oh, you gay now? Oh, you da-da-da. Oh, you da-da-da-da-da. All I can say to them, I'm still the same guy I always was. I just live for God. Right? few of them I had to tell them, and if you get too close, you'll, you'll know I'm still the same guy I always was. <laughs> Nothing's changed. I just live for God, right? All kind of stuff they would say. Then I worked at Ford Motor Company, making great money, you know, between that and all the other stuff I'm doing. I leave Ford Motor Company, go into the ministry full time. Shame. Why are you doing that? Why would you leave that job at Ford Motor Company? da 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 Shame, shame, shame. They didn't believe in me, but God did. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So, so you're going to have to learn how to endure some things and despise the shame. Because that's what comes with that. Right? But, but God said, because you decide to keep yourself holy, I'm going to give you the best thing that I have. I'm going to go find the best thing that I have to honor your commitment. 
Look at that woman right there. Boy, that, that right there at fit. What? That girl right there, boy, listen to me. There is nowhere to go. Where are you going, Pastor? There is nowhere to go. Come on, I, I see all of the little Fords and General Motors and Chryslers riding around. I see them. But when you riding a Bentley, you ain't thinking about no doggone Chrysler, General Motors. But you're going to have to despise some shame, right? And then he was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So if you can remember that process, if I don't keep my eye on the end result, I won't be able to endure the cross that I'll have to bear to get there. Right? And if I can't handle all the shame and ridicule that comes along with me believing God, I won't get to the end of it. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Okay, let's, read, let's read a few more of these. Remember something I said earlier. I'm getting ready to attach something to it. Watch this in Hebrews 10, 38. And my righteous ones will live by what? By, will live by what? But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. And that's the person who had believed God for something and gave up on it. We never do that. We don't stop believing until we manifest. And I'm get, I just told you why people quit. Because they couldn't endure the cross that came along with what they were believing for. They didn't have enough oomph about them. They didn't have enough spiritual integrity. They weren't strong enough. But don't beat yourself up. You can pick right back up. The good thing about God, you can pick right back up where you left off at. Come on, somebody, and just and, and go right back to work at that and still get to where you were supposed to be regardless of what you went through. That's the good part about God, okay? But you got to have some oomph about you. You got to have what Minister Johnny just showed up on that stage. See, you can't act that. You can't play that out. That's who he is. He showed you who he is. If the goal was 40, he wasn't quitting. He was going to figure out a way to get to 40. There no other options on the table. At 29, he was still fighting, and he pumped out two more. He stood up and said to me, just wait a minute. I got nine more in me. Do you have that about you? Huh? When everything went wrong, do you have the ability to tell the devil, just wait a minute? I got some more in me. Come on, somebody. Come on. Are you built like that? Come on, where, where you can tell the devil, just wait a minute. I got some more in me now. Well, this ain't over until I win. Come on, if it's a fight you want, then it's a fight you're getting ready to get. Because I know what the end result is. And we don't quit. See, this is why the scripture says to fight the good fight of faith. If it wasn't a fight, then he wouldn't have said fight the good fight of faith. And then there'll be times when you get knocked down. But you got to get up again. Come on, somebody. The scripture says a just man falls seven times and gets back up again. Come on. You, you got to understand life is going to hit you with some punches. And every now and then you'll get caught. But that don't mean the fight is over. It's not over until you say it's over. God said, anyone that turns back from living by faith, listen to what he said, my soul will have no pleasure in them. I'm just going to stop here for today, okay? I'm, I'm over time. I want to leave you with this, this last one in number five. How do I increase my faith? You all get anything out of this today? You all sure you got something out of this? This last one is the one you take home, okay? Because everybody asks God to increase their faith. Now, I'm getting ready to show you something in the Word of God. God is not going to increase your faith. No more than I can make your muscles bigger. I can't make your muscles bigger. I can pray for them. I come on up here for a minute, Mr. David. I can, this, all, the, all of this theatrics that we do, Father, in the name of Jesus, strengthen his muscles, make his muscles bigger, Father. Oh, I take authority over whatever keeping him from getting stronger muscles. Devil, you come out of him now in Jesus' name. And how many know 
he still won't have bigger muscles until he goes to the gym and puts the work in on his own. Come on, somebody, to get the bigger muscles that he wants. Now, let me prove that to you from the Word of God. In Luke chapter 17, 5 and 6, now, let me give you the context here. How do I increase my faith? Let me give you the context. In Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 4, uh, the disciples, uh, somebody had offended them. And so Jesus told them to forgive them. So clearly this person had offended them multiple times. So Jesus, they asked Jesus the question, how many times should we forgive this clown? You all ever been there before? Where, you know, some people just take you overboard, right? I'm done. That's it. You through. You through. You canceled. Done. Lose my number. Doc, don't call me no more. Right or wrong, right? We get there as human beings. That's where the disciples were. So they were like, Jesus, how many times should we forgive this fool? How many times should we forgive? Jesus said uh, seven times. Remember? I want to submit something to you. Don't focus on the number. Jesus wasn't really trying to say count. And then when they get there, he's really talking about a condition of your heart. Always live in a posture and a lifestyle of forgiveness. Because what he was trying to show the disciples was over the course of your life, I'll have to forgive you many more times than you will ever have to forgive another human being on this earth. See, a lot of times we want to hold people in prison for little stuff, and we've done real big stuff to God. Right? That's all he's saying. So then when they realized what he was saying, then they asked this question in verse 5. Uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 5, upon hearing this, the apostles said to Jesus, Lord, you must increase, notice what they go back to, our measure of faith. Jesus responded, look at his response. If you have the smallest measure of authentic faith, it would be powerful enough to say to this large tree. So, so something I want to point out here, something small that's authentic can address something large. So there's nothing, all he's trying to get his disciples to see is there's nothing so big in your life that your faith can't handle. The measure that I've given you. Okay, let's keep reading here. Notice what else he says here. He says, it would be powerful enough to say to this large tree, my faith will pull you up by your roots or by the roots and throw you into the sea and it will respond to your faith and obey you. So notice, my faith will pull you up by the roots and throw you into the sea. What's the importance of pulling up something by the roots? See, a lot of us just dealing with stuff on the surface level. And that's why it keeps coming back. See, we just deal with it. Well, so if I don't see it, out of sight, out of mind. But how many know if those roots are still down there, it's going to come back again. And so if you don't understand how to go and carve something out of its root, if you don't know the foundation for why you keep ending up in the same situation you're in, history will keep repeating itself. So, let's dissect that very quickly. They asked him to increase their faith. Did he increase their faith? No. He gave them something to do. He simply said to them, no, use the faith that I've given you. You see that? By saying something. So, so a lot of us are asking for more faith. All God is saying, no, you don't need more faith. You need to learn how to use the faith I've already given you. Everybody clear? So, so now he won't increase it, but you can develop it. Okay? A lot more I want to say there, but it's already 1230, okay? So now, your faith project for week two. Now, there's more in the notes, so make sure that you go back, read it all, study all of that, get in your connect groups this Greek. Uh, week and talk about it, your Connect 40 uh, Days of Faith groups and talk about it. But this week, your project, week two, feed your faith through consistent reading and hearing of God's Word. Keep allowing it to process and nourish your spirit. Number two, I want you to stay built up and incorporate daily prayer and devotions into your life. You'll never have strong faith if you don't have a daily prayer life and a daily word life. You cannot have strong faith apart from a daily prayer life 
and a daily word life. So get you a devotion. Get, uh, download the YouVersion Bible app. Plenty of devotion options out there, okay? But discipline yourself to spend time in prayer and the word every single day because it's going to keep your faith strong. And then number three, additionally engage in the practice of meditating on God's word. Make it a habit to confess it daily. And that this will reinforce your beliefs and affirms your connection to God. And let's never forget what Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says. It says in the New Living Translation, study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Watch this. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. When you have a daily word life, daily prayer life, purpose of studying it is to obey it. God said it's only then that you'll prosper in everything that you do. Let's all stand to our feet. Praise God. Good stuff today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's all lift our hands to the Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift your hands to the Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right? So we don't want to ask God to increase our faith. We want God to help us and show us how to develop the faith he's already given us. Let's lift our hands to the Father. If you're in this room right now and you have a big challenge in your life, would you just keep one hand lifted up and put the other one down? You've got a large tree in your life. Just lift your hand up. You've got a large tree in your life. Lift your hand up. One hand. Put the other one down. Yep. Praise God. Look around this room. That's, that's, that's the majority of these people in this room. All right? So I want you to either put your hand on the shoulder or stretch your hands towards. If two people are next to each other and both your hands are up, then you all put your hand on each other's shoulder. Just go ahead and do it. I want to add my faith with yours, and I want to join my faith with you, and we want to pull that thing up at the roots right now and throw it into the sea in Jesus' name. Praise God. And so I want you to say this with me. Say these words with me. Father God. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over this large tree in my life. I use my faith to cast it into the sea, pluck it up by its roots, and I declare that it will never return again. I believe that by faith, I'm free and victorious over this area of my life in Jesus name amen now if you believe that go ahead and thank God give God praise for it come on go ahead and, and give God glory like you like you believe it glory to God hallelujah now of course you intimately know what that is I couldn't call it by name because I don't know what it is but you need to say what it is out of your mouth and say that you have plucked your faith, my faith. You've plucked that up by the roots, cast that into the sea for it never to return again. The way you keep it from returning again is to find out everything God's word says about that area of my life. So now you replace that tree with the word of God. And now you build that word of God so big in your life. That that tree won't have the audacity. And even if it shows its faith, it'll get defeated before it ever forms any roots. How many of y'all believe that today? Okay. And so we're, we're on our journey. We're on our journey, right? First week, we jump-started our faith. This week, we understand we need faith to overcome life's circumstances. All right? And so now while everybody's looking at me in this room, one of the greatest purposes for you being on this earth, right, is to become a child of God. One of the greatest days of your life is the day that you find out why you're here. And the only person that can tell you why you're here is the person who created you. He'll tell you your purpose. He'll tell you what you need to do. He'll help you grow closer to him. And a lot of your frustration has just come out of, I've been living outside of his purposes for my life. And that's why he brought you here today. Because he wanted to show you, I have something I want to give you to help you overcome every challenge you're facing in life. And it's called faith. The first thing you need faith for is salvation. So he used me to minister to you today, to stir that up in you, to give you the courage to be able to respond. 
Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.